The Spin-Off Podcast Network. At Zed, we're all about moving with the times. And now it's time to be part of the climate change solution and move on from fossil fuels. As a company providing fuel to people all over the country, we also know we have a real opportunity to lead that change. We're committed to keeping Aotearoa moving by providing the right energy for everyone. We believe that innovation in fuel and how it's used can make a huge difference to our planet. Find out more at z.co.nz. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix podcast. Tune in today. My kaki, my haere mai. Welcome to Gone by Lunchtime. I'm Toby Manhai. That there is Annabelle Lee. Hello, Annabelle Lee. Kia ora. And that there is uh, Ben Thomas. Hi, Morning. Ben Thomas, ben Thomas um, you've been getting assailed on Twitter.com recently, which you just told me you've deleted from your phone. Twitter.com is my, my number one news source. Gone into hiding because people are onto you <laughs> working for the uh, working in the shadows with Exceltium um, Enterprises. Um, seriously, though, we may as well just do this now. Um, you, uh, one of uh, New Zealand's leading media commentator, asked you the question: Which party in the Todd Barclay affair, l'affaire de Barclay, are you working for? Which, who are you working for in the Barclay affair? Yeah, right. So, I mean, obviously, with any kind of firm, you don't sort of take requests on who your clients are. Um, we've got a pretty firm rule that whenever we're talking about a client doing commentary, uh, we disclose that fact. As regular listeners have gone by lunchtime, will know. From previous disclosures, given that I, I think by now I've been on Radio New Zealand, Radio Live, News Talk ZB and TV3 talking about the Barclay issue and have not made a disclosure, uh, which means I'm not working for anyone involved. Did he answer that question to your satisfaction, Annabelle? He did indeed. Um, so to be clear, if you have any conflict of interest, if you have any client that is involved in anything we discuss here, you what? You yeah, always, recuse yourself always, from the I, conversation. You yeah, I, 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 I just, either slam tape. the door and j- jump out the window into Key Street or Key Street traffic, or or I, or I tell you and the listeners. Okay, good. Annabelle, have you got anything to disclose? No. Is this being recorded? Yes. Okay. Um, we that's typically how we work. Um, <laughs> I thought this was clear. just a, a, ve- a very stiff, <laughs> formal catch up. <laughs> Um, we've had some feedback with, with my usual disclaimers to Toby before we begin any conversation, and, and also establishing whether we're on or off Those the record. Are of an entirely yeah. different nature, ladies and gentlemen. On uh, feedback, um, Nicola Keane, who I believe is a television producer, um, said after the last podcast, "You guys sound as tired as I feel, and we haven't even hit the campaign yet." Which that, was brutal. That was yeah, but that that was day ninety ninety eight. That was day ninety. That was day ninety eight. Now we're into day eighty seven. Well, you're and, cutting down. And business has picked up. T minus eighty seven. Is that how you do? T, yeah, sorry. T minus eighty seven. Um, we're at Defcon eighty seven. And uh, that's true. We and we've had we've been. It's raining uh, political cliches. We had um, gone by almost just after lunchtime, which was Todd Barclay, who we will get to um, in a moment. And we had a, a, yeah, a week is a long time in politics, which it really is. A week, a, when it was 100 days to go, everything was reasonably plain sailing for Team English. And then, then, 
And then what happened? Then, then, Tuesday then, last week. We're day eight of the scandal now. Uh, ben Thomas, what happened on Tuesday last week? So Tuesday, newsroom.co.nz, um, which is a startup by a few media veterans, Tim Murphy, ex-Herald, Mark Jennings, ex-TV3, uh, broke a story um, about that, that seemed to confirm um, a story that had been sort of rumoured uh, for the last year or so that the young Clutha Southland MP for National, Todd Barclay, uh, had secretly recorded one of his staff members in his electorate office in Gore. This had led to an employment dispute uh, in which uh, the employee had received a significant payout, which had to be topped up by uh, a payment from the Leaders' Fund, the National Party Leaders' Fund, um, which which draws the Prime Minister's office into this uh, affair. John Key and was the Prime Minister at the time. John Key was the Prime Minister at the time, and the, and, and this led to allegations of a cover-up, uh, because previously Barclay had denied uh, that... I think he denied allegations of taping. Uh, yes, he had. He had and, and, uh, and, and, and categorically and, denied it, I think. Yep. Uh, now, B- Bill English uh, had, I think, previously said that he was not aware of any issues between staff yes, and MP down in the electorate. Yes, in March 2016, to RNZ, I think he wasn't aware of any specific issues at, uh, and he said another thing I can't remember. Yeah. So uh, on, on Tuesday, I, I think it was on Monday night before the story ran, Barclay again denied to Newsroom <coughs> that there had been any kind of recording it then came to light that uh, the, the, the Prime Minister, sorry, was then asked again about whether, if he had heard about the issues. Uh, he said, I think he couldn't remember where he had heard about the issues. Tuesday morning he was asked how he knew about the secret recording because it was on the yeah. statement that he'd reported it. He said he could not recall how he knew. That's right. And four hours later, he released a copy of his police statement showing that he knew because Todd Barclay had told him mm. about the recordings. Um after a brief <laughs> brief uh, uh, phase of defiance, uh, Barclays uh, said that he would not be standing again at the election for Clutha Southland. Big story, Annabelle, right? I mm. mean, big story from Newsroom, and it was pretty clear immediately that this was going to change that smooth sailing we talked about mm. earlier. Yeah, the first scalp of election season and a, a big story for... Um, newsroom and Mel Reid, who's a Southland girl, so I guess, you know, um, it was a um, a good fit for her in terms of that's her, you know, she's got strong networks down there and interestingly um, she's broken a lot of stories from within the National Party in the past. Mm. Um, so, yeah, a big one. I think that the, one of the um, most interesting, well, I think one of the real revelations was when... Um, English said that he had reported um, what he knew to police and then later had to admit that he hadn't actually reported it. He had been approached by police yeah. and, and then had to reveal what he knew. And I think that really, um, perhaps more than anything else, that's what it took, you know, that's what has affected his credibility as the straighty 180. Bill English that yeah. we thought we knew. Yeah, so, so go, go ahead. <clears throat> I think we absolutely have to talk about Bill English's handling, or perhaps mishandling, perhaps, of this affair. Um, I'd like to talk about what sort of, you know, what, what kind of kicked this off. Um, you, know, you want to take us south? Yeah. Look, take a, us on a journey. Yeah, look, a, a lot of people, in, you know, the, the National Party have been saying, well, this, 
this is just about an employment dispute. It's clearly not just about an employment dispute anymore, but that's that's the genesis of this. And in in the um, and so I, I just wanted to talk about the relationship between an MP and their staff because it's it's very different to a normal employment relationship. Yeah. Um, the MP and you know or a minister if they're a minister or a prime minister if they're prime minister is being put there by the people of New Zealand or the people of their electorate. And they basically, it's quite an ecclesiastical kind of thing. They're more like a pope than they are an employer. So the prime minister, as far as staff and officials are concerned, the prime minister is a kind of dictator, and he can be a good dictator or a bad dictator, and a minister is a dictator, and so is an MP within their own electorate. And and your job as a staff member, and I say this as a former staff member, your job is just to serve that person and their office. It's, it's, it's not the same as kind of, you know, reporting to an editor if you're a, a journalist or, you know, being a, a McDonald's worker talking to the shift manager. It's not that there's sort of this greater purpose that you're all working together on and you should sort of consult on and, you know, and come together with an agreement on how you're going to go forward. I would strongly disagree with that, Ben, the, that about the role of an electorate secretary because actually they're more than that. They're not just there to serve the... Uh, to serve their minister or MP. They're also there to serve the community and to be a go-between between the community and the MP so that if they've got trouble with winds or housing or anything like that, they can go to the MP's electorate yep. office, sit down with the electorate secretary, and they help them to organise a case, you know, and go, goes to the MP on their behalf. So it's an important position because that... In that electorate secretary, you know, you have someone who keeps your ahika burning in your electorate, but also someone that your community has to be able to trust and know that that office is a safe place for them to share information and that they can go there and know that they're going to be treated um, with the, you know, with confidentiality and respect. So I don't think they're just there, you know, to fill out papers for an MP per se. You know, yeah, look, that's the job description, but their role is to be a conduit to and from the Member of Parliament. They, they, they're not there in their own right. And that's why parliamentary contracts um, have this breakdown of relationship clause, which I, I'm not aware that any other contracts in New Zealand have, employment contracts have, um, which, is just, which is essentially if you don't gel, your, your employment can be terminated, you get a generous kind of severance pay, and and then the parties part ways, and and that that relationship is incredibly important, you know, and 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 that clause gets invoked. I think Tracy Watkins <coughs> mentioned in the Don Post a lot more than people probably think, because the relationship is so important. You, you don't have to be guilty of any kind of great misconduct to be dismissed from a, a politician's employment. Um, but this is, you know, these what, are all good what, reasons for Todd Buckley to have invoked that clause and then be done with it. And right? yeah, and and this is the this is and this is the interesting thing, right? Because when you read the newsroom story, it's quite clear the relationship is not on a good footing. Um, I don't I think th anyone would have denied that. Yeah, right? I, th I think there was this extraordinary passage where it said that uh, where Barclay's alleged to have missed a high school prize giving, and and told people in his electorate office that he was at the hospital from exhaustion and produced a medical certificate. Like, I, I mean, that's. It's astounding to me that an elected member of parliament would be producing to his electorate staff a medical certificate, you know, like a, like a kid who's missed school one day. Uh, it's, you know, I, that, that signals that there was something deeply wrong with this relationship. And, and like you said, uh, you know, why didn't Barclay 
invoke this clause instead of what seems to have happened, you know, kind of imitating the wire and being a kind of early 2000s detective and sort of covertly surveilling his staff to gather evidence that he didn't need. Um, which is, which is, the, which is <coughs> if true, police have investigated it, they're investigating it again now, is, uh, you know, they're investigating potential illegal act, you know. And that goes beyond any perceived insubordination or sense of yeah. insufficiency or whatever. Yeah, Do you want sorry, the I'm choking. Manoeuvre? I'm, I'm choking. <laughs> I'm not, I'm ch- partly because of this kind of low energy accusation, I brought in a lot of confectionery today. And I'm now, you know, those, I got some of those after dinner mints already splashed out. You know, the posh ones with the. And they have that thing they sometimes do on your throat where it gets a bit like sticky. And so <clears throat> I've been was sort of coughing half the way through Ben Thomas's um, electorate disquisition. But um, my question, now he's eating one, this is dangerous, um, but I hope you're enjoying the high energy as a result of this um, performance-enhancing drug taking. The, the, my question about the, 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 to you, Ben, about the, um, you know, there's a, there's a sense that it's Gore versus Queenstown, which I think is kind of interesting. Wow, is the, it? The, the I didn't know that. Why does all politics come down to that? Well, but, but, but if that's a microcosm, I mean, my, I get, so the idea is that it's a Gore, which is, where Glennis Dixon was, right? Mm. And, and that's and the Gore office, and that's the traditional base of Clutha South, and that's where Bill, Dipton Bill was based there. You know, he was, that's the solid core of the operation in the good old days. That's right, and, and Glennis had been working for Bill for 17 years. Since, since here's, this, here's this young guy coming right. in, swanning around Queenstown. Exactly. She'd been there since the, you know, since the, the, since the BC 25. And, the, and Queenstown is the flash new place with the clubs and the bars and the... Tourists and 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 Todd Barclay bought a house up that way. Todd Barclay's tw- what twenty four when he became an MP, yeah. And 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 he was more interested in uh, focusing on the Queenstown stuff because he's because he's in his twenties. That sort of makes sense in a way. And it's sexy. It, um, but my, that's quite fun in its own way as a, as an idea of it. But what I what I what I'm wondering is whether it also kind of points to a deeper potential um, conflict within the. Uh, tension within the National Party about the which what we could call the Queenstown set, which is the the liberal-minded, um, the, the 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 liberal wing of the National Party, and the Gore set, which is the social conservative set. Does it point up something bigger, or am I just getting overexcited? No, I, I think it's just a, an old-fashioned. F- Factional fight. Now, that's not in any way to diminish there, the there alleged actions. Of, there are those. There are those divisions within the National Caucus. It's just that they've been winning and very, very well managed. There are still quite a range of views within the National Party Caucus, from the social conservative group through to the kind of liberal um, economic wing. No. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think one of the one of the issues that will come out of this is that because the Prime Minister's handling of this has been a lot shakier than uh, his predecessors um, on a range of issues, it will be harder to cover up differences within the caucus mm. kind of going forward. Mm. Mm. <coughs> and certain bloggers have been... I apologise for just saying going up. forward. Um, Can we edit a, that out? We edit out all the going forward. We have that automated. automated. Um, the, to, we're on to Bill English's handling now, Annabelle, and... I mean, in some well, ways... Actually, it's, it's, is there one, th- one more thing I can say? Oh, wait, say. we're going back so, to Gore. We're going um, back to Gore, ladies and gentlemen. The, the, again, like, Barclay, if, what he, if what's alleged is true... Made not a, let us out of Gore. Made, made, a, <laughs> made a catastrophic mistake. I, I think one of the things that comes out of this is um, the support 
for new MPs. Um, this didn't used to be an issue back when everyone who came into Parliament was sort of in their right. late 40s, mid 50s. They were, you know, a small business owner or a farmer. Yeah. They, were, they had all grown up reading Hansard under the covers and political biographies. And so they had a lot more institutional knowledge. I mean, I, I understand, you know, there, there are MPs who go in these days without ever having seen a parliamentary question time or, or a speech in the House. And... I don't know that the parliamentary service, which operates a lot on sort of convention and institutional memory, um, is is providing, you know, the fact that Barclay could have made this mistake mm. when he could have just invoked a clause that's right there in the contract suggests to me that, you know, that, that we're getting in, you know, a much more diverse range of people these days, but they probably need a couple more days in boot camp or training at the beginning. You could start a new business there, I mean, uh, since you... <laughs> Since it didn't work out teaching law and private <laughs> <laughs> training, you could start Ben Thomas's parliamentary boot camp. I was, I'm, That'd I'm, be good. Oh, but having said that, while I agree that perhaps it wouldn't hurt to have, you know, more time, um, you know, in, uh, inducting newbie MPs, I think most reasonable minded adults in that situation would perhaps ring parliamentary services and seek their advice or a lawyer or something else rather than pulling out a dictaphone or a camera or whatever it was and recording them. He's 24 years old, not 14. And it also, I mean, his his mentor, seemingly, I mean, I don't know if they were ever super close, but his kind of political uncle is Bill English. So he was a person he was talking to. It's not as though he didn't know people who he could who he could ask about what to... I mean, it, it seems... And, and that's part of the problem for Bill English. Like, in a way, it's like, I'm a... <coughs> I'm the new guy. You know, that would have been... If, if if he weren't connected geographically and by other kind of personal proximity to the Todd Barkley case, it would be much easier for him to deal with this situation because he'd simply say, this did not happen on my watch. It's under investigation, blah, blah, blah. But he's connected to it, right? He's like umbilically connected to it. Yeah, thing. I mean, that's true. Remember at the time, Bill English was Deputy Prime Minister, Finance Minister. Um, the, you know, it's, it's hard to overstate how busy these guys are. You know, if... It's, it's not actually easy to get 15 minutes with the finance minister, um, mm. you know, particularly to explain the ins and outs of some problem you're having with an old lady in your electorate office. Um, the patience for that is probably going to be pretty limited. Yeah. No, would, no, I, none I, of which, I, again, excuses given, what actually happened. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree because I think if, um, if, you know, if it's someone that English has employed for 17-plus years... Um, and there's a serious breakdown in that in that office and his old electorate, which is, you know, obviously his stronghold, his former electorate, that um, he would have made time. And, and in terms of his handling, Annabelle, of, uh, over the last eight days, Bill English, I mean, a lot of people have been comparing it to John Key, and it's kind of a strange thing to hear because the, 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 criticism, <laughs> the criticism, a lot of it comes down to he's not as good at spinning stuff as John Key was. Therefore, he's eat less. But in a way, that's kind of in a way, that's a weird thing to be implicitly, implicitly lauding people being sophisticated spinners. I mean, is, is that part of? I mean, how have you how have you assessed Bill English's um, management of the well, situation? Well, I think um, Ben's boss Matthew Hooten said it best when he um, tweeted the other night he should shut the fuck up. Yeah, and I, I think that's true. And it's not that Bill hasn't been, you know, as not as skilled at spinning, there's examples in the story where he has seemingly purposely misled the public 
like when he stated that he had reported this issue to the police. Now, there's a big difference between reporting mm. a, an alleged crime to the police and waiting for who knows how long until the, the police approach yep. you yep. and ask you what you know and then going into the House and misleading Parliament about it and then being forced to, to own up to what you know. So I think uh, this is an example of, um, of why... He was such a, an astute um, um, front, front man for, for the National Party, and I think um, English has handled this appallingly. And Key probably would have known to shut the fuck up. I mean, it was interesting if you... I mean, I spent most of Monday going through Bill English's statements on, on this because of the suck of punishment, and then watched the post-Cabinet press conference at 4 o'clock, and clearly someone had bellowed into his ear... Precisely those words, shut the fuck up, because he then said... I have nothing to add. I have nothing to add on the matter. I but have then he sort of couldn't add. help, he kept... And then he added a bit, you know? So, like, I mean, if he had... Because, I mean, in the, in the weekend interviews, there was all this... This police... There's a police investigation has been underway for... for, for there's been a 10-month police investigation. I think they know how to investigate things better than the media do, and blah, blah, blah. And it was all a bit of a shambles. And then there was the... And then there was the... Have you listened to the... Then the tape may not exist. And then and then it was... Because he said that multiply. That was clearly and the walking point. that's the and thing. That's been established. And then I was... And then someone, someone asked at the press conference, which he foolishly gave on Sunday at the end of the weird National Party conference, he, he, d did he offer to play you the tape? And he said, uh, yes, he did offer. D uh, did he offer to play me the tape? Yes, he did. I think that's what's made this even worse, is that English has insulted the intelligence of New Zealanders by trying to spin lines such as, mm. um, well, I'm not a lawyer, and... It was the subject of a of a police investigation that everyone cooperated with, which clearly they didn't. Mm. Um, so, so that's that's yeah. what's kept this story alive for as long as it's ha as it has. And I think the other thing too is newsroom have been very skillful about um, teasing out what they know and dropping something new every few days because it was a newsroom reporter, wasn't it, that asked a question of English at the press conference on Sunday? Was it? I didn't know that. My understanding oh, is okay. that it was. It was a newsroom reporter that asked okay. if Barclay had um, offered to pay tape. English the, the tapes, the sex, drugs and rock and roll tapes. Oh. Sex, 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 drugs. <laughs> oh. the, the reason that I mean, the newsroom teased sex and drugs, which we were talking about a bit before, but the reason they didn't add... Rock and roll is because it takes too long to say that in the South. No, Gore, gore. <laughs> and, and Gore is the country music capital of of New Zealand. Um, <coughs> perhaps for that reason, yeah the um, the the latest the latest twist, <laughs> the latest story that's come out, um, gets you to a very circuitous way in a very circuitous way. To being able to use the words sex and drug matters in a story, uh, if you're a news organisation. This is, as I understand, an unnamed source has provided newsroom with the unredacted full statement of Glennis Dixon, the employee in question, uh, which where she recounts her lawyer telling her that she's heard from the parliamentary service that Glennis herself said on the tapes uh, something to do with sex and drug matters. Um, and Newsroom, who obviously have no way of confirming this with Glenna Stixon at all, uh, being complete strangers to her, um, ran this sex and drugs story, um, mm -hmm. which, I, which I actually think sort of, 
I think I think they were lauded for their investigative journalism Rightly last so. week. Rightly so. Yeah, look, great scoop, great scoop, um, terrific story. Um, in their last couple of stories, to me, they've seemed a bit embedded, and we've gone from sort of classic investigative journalism to more sort of advocacy or campaigning journalism. Well, well when the other side won't talk, of course, you're going to end up with you know the other side's narrative being stronger. There's no question they have one, um, you know. Some some key sources. There's there's no doubt about that. So I don't I don't, I don't uh, think there's a yeah look, oh, no, 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 no look they're, it, yeah, do you think they're actively not covering the other side of the story. I mean I think if if someone from from the Queenstown branch of the National Party wants to talk about, them, I don't get a sense that they're deliberately shutting out one side of the story. <laughs> no, look, I, but I, but I think that for instance they've obviously been in contact with Glenna Stixon, they've interviewed her. <clears throat> if they're going to run this allegation about, say, sex, sex and drugs, you know, in the vaguest terms possible, um, I would have thought that you would call Glenna Stixon and ask her if that was right, if that was what she had been talking about and what she meant by that. I, th- I think that's fair before you put an insinuation like that out there. I mean, t- look, Tom Barclay's pretty much dead in a gutter right now politically, and this just seems to be a sort of few deft kicks to the head. From, but the uh, thing is that he's not moment. actually dead in a gutter because he's still being paid by the taxpayer and he's still a sitting MP. And National can still continue to push through the legislation until the House rises. So, I mean, it did sound like he held out quite strongly too. I mean, the story that was on the Politic website, the other website that's been startup news site, that's, was that Paula Bennett, according to Politic, was believed to have conveyed to Barclay that Bill English would stand up in the House and express no confidence in his MP thereby making it untenable for him to remain. And that question was put by Susie Ferguson to the Prime Minister on Monday morning, uh, four times, I think, and his re- response every time was, that's just speculation. I mean, that's, it sounds like Todd Barclay, whether or not he's in a gutter, he was clinging on pretty hard to the, to the window ledge, Ben. Sorry, I'm eating an after-dinner man. Look, Don't the, do that, man. These are really hard issues to manage because even as the Prime Minister of New Zealand you don't actually have any power to remove a sitting MP, right? And and we saw that with the Aaron Gilmore thing, right? Where Gilmore, what, what did that take, about two weeks for him to resign in the end? So all you can do is kind of pull these levers in terms of, you know, pressure behind the scenes. If you were to go public, that would, you know, then you're making it a direct ego challenge at a very, very stressful time for the MP who's under fire from the media, and you're risking that they'll dig in their heels and really prolong things and inflame them. In the end, English took care of this in a day and a half in terms of getting Barclay to stand down, and I, I actually think that was pretty well done. Well, it's obviously a national's best interest that he doesn't stand down before the election. But I think there's some interesting things that come out of this story. I think it's an example of white privilege, that um, someone like Todd Barclay can refuse to cooperate with a police investigation and it just goes away. I highly doubt it would be the same for a, for a 24-year-old young Māori man who is recording um, people in their office. I think, um, you know, that it appears that the National Party has very low standards in terms of what they expect of their MPs. Um, he may not have um, been proven to have broken the law, but surely... Do we not expect a higher standard of behaviour from elected MPs? Apparently the National Party don't. And they, I mean, all of this happened before he was selected again for the seat. I mean, the 
That's in right. In a way, the most surprising thing is that it wasn't dealt with at that point. And it appears, too, that people at the very top of the National Party knew and chose to, to turn a blind eye. Yeah, so the National Party, have what, they, they commissioned two investigations or, or reports into activity in the electorate. Um, and I think it was reported on Newsroom that one of them came through last week and said everything was fine. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's, cool. that's all We're cleared good. up. We're good. <laughs> the other, the other, the other thing, and we don't. We probably should stop banging on about this, but the the other part of this that we haven't mentioned is uh, in the original story. Somewhere in the middle of it was the suggestion that a national board member, and it's been it's been discussion about who that who that was. We don't get into that. Had put pressure, or maybe that's overstating it. Had called and made. And, and, and gently suggested that uh, Glennis should uh, withdraw her complaint. And there are questions about whether that could constitute an obstruction of justice, which is, of course is rank, ramping up the potential illegality by some distance. And so we still, the police are presumably looking into that too, much as they've reopened the investigation. And um, so it's got a way to play. It'll probably be after, after the election, but it's, it's still around, right? The smell is still around. Yeah, look, and, and the police are still investigating the, the Barclay matter. Um, this isn't going away anytime soon. Um, very quickly on the National Party Conference, which this weekend was thrown into, I suppose, some turmoil in terms of its media coverage because of what had happened with Tom Barclay, very least overshadowed. Um, the, I mean, in hindsight, they probably would recognise that they're, they're, it might have been a good time to release recent policy, but instead that was just a kind of vision, a vision speech by an, Bill an, English. An I read, ad. I read some of it. A great started, new ad. dozing off. The new ad, the Let's Get Together ad. Yeah, by... Come Together, Let's Get Together. By the, yep, with, with new original music. Oh. I was hoping it would be that, that is it San Germain, that song? I want you to get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking maybe we'll come be, together, John Lennon. Come together right now, mm. over me. Shoot, do, Abbey Road. And an ad that very sort of self-consciously, I think, shows National as as open. Um, you know, they've got seasonal fruit pickers. <coughs> you know, in and close the, up. the obligatory welder. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I was hoping for a bit of flash dance. That didn't happen. Um, and also, you can see the you can see the camera rig and the reflection of the window in one of the oh, shots, really? which I thought was cool. Oh. And then I thought, I thought, oh, I'm not even going to tweet that now. I've mentioned it. Um, uh, and 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 the slogan we got to see the slogan, which is uh, get to no, go you know, delivering for New Zealanders. Obviously, had oh, a big yeah. impact on yep. you guys. Delivering, yeah. did, you delivering. See, did you see delivering? I haven't New seen it. No. it. Which is if it's like New Zealand Post, delivering for New Zealanders on Tuesday and Thursday. And Possibly Saturday if you're lucky. I it's, haven't it's, had time to look because I've been busy reading Ben's tweets. It's it's like one of those ads that you, you think is for the America's Cup or the World Cup, and then you, it turns out to be about a bank. Right. It's yeah. Mm. Um, uh, let's the way last week a big week in New Zealand politics played out was there was um, the Labour Party had a sticky situation of its own when it emerged on Politic website, Richard Harman's website, on, when was it? On, on when, Thursday. Thursday morning, first thing Thursday morning maybe, <coughs> um, that uh, Labour affiliated, let's say, at the very least, um, uh, intern program had seen at least some of a group of as many as 90 volunteers um, stranded, uh, shipwrecked, unhappy, shall we say, at the very least, <laughs> Um, with their 
situation. They'd been promised that they were going to get talks from Helen Clark and the leaders of the National Party and um, Buddha. Overseas diplomats, uh, conference calls to Hillary Clinton. And uh, and then they were they were in, given, uh, what's the Ryan Northcote? Awataha. Awataha. And they weren't happy about that. There was a shower not working. Anyway, people would have seen that. Um, and it sort of shifted focus, at least for a period, onto the Labour Party and onto Matt McCartan, who until recently was the Auckland boss for the Labour campaign and before that chief of staff to Andrew Little and David Cunliffe. Um, how damaging was that for Labour, do you reckon, Lee? I think it could have been very damaging for Labour, except they did a much better job of managing the media around it than what Bill English did with Barclays. So right. basically, Andrew Little immediately stepped up took full responsibility and then shafted all blame back to McCartan and it worked wonders. They so I, I think it died quite quickly as a result instead of trying to... Still, still stand accused of hypocrisy given yeah, their campaigns guys, against immigration, worker yeah, rights. I, I understand that, but the thing is that these volunteer students aren't coming in and taking over full-time positions that could be filled by... Matt's already out of work. ...by New Zealanders... <laughs> These sorts of internships are not unusual. Obviously, the organisation around it has been balls up quite quite badly mm. and promises have been made that couldn't be um, delivered on. But I don't think it's a, I don't think it's as hypocritical as what some are trying to spin it as. And I thought I was actually pleasantly surprised by how well it was managed by Labour. It's true, I was half expecting Andrew Little to come on the radio and say, nothing to do with us, nothing to do with us, despite the fact that it was advertised with the Labour Party written at the top of the forms. And, but he did, as Annabelle says, Ben, he did say, we're dealing with it, we're not trying to shirk responsibility entirely. Yeah, and, and, and more remarkably for a politician who says, I'm taking responsibility, they took responsibility. In terms and, of trying and, to deal with the and they And they took over the programme and started dealing with the students and organising it. Now, and, and I, think that's, I think that's really admirable. I think um, Andrew Little and Andrew Curtin, uh, the pre Labour Party president, uh, or secretary? secretary? General secretary. Yeah, uh, did a great job. Um, bad for Labour in that, yeah, as you say, uh, completely undercuts every single one of their key messages coming into the election. It's a shame that it came out so <laughs> close to the release of their immigration policy that was basically having a crack at dodgy PTEs and all of that stuff. Yeah. It's, it was unfortunate and in that respect. And given the Barclay... Barclay fiasco, <clears throat> they were should have been on the front foot yes. and they were on the back foot. I, I, I mean, look, to say that Labour are completely blameless in this and that it was just, you know, that that's certainly what I've been hearing from Labour people is mm. that Matt McCartan sort of exiled up to Auckland when a bit heart of darkness, you know, a bit apocalypse now, nobody could get hold of him, he wouldn't reply to emails, he's building this kind of kingdom of <laughs> this lame army of <laughs> sort of young people. <laughs> and... Um, but but when you when you actually, but interestingly enough you know even though as again it was it was advertised as a labor fellowship to these kids um, but there were a few labor proxies in the media saying oh well Matt McCartan of course has left the party to run this non-partisan get out the vote encourage young people yeah. kind of scheme and and talking to labor people it seems that they were actually pretty aware of what was going on so I don't, I don't think that they're blameless um, they're I think guilty that, I th of a lack of oversight aren't they. 
Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, look, they obviously didn't have any idea of the scale of what McCartan mm. was doing. Um, but again, look, they've, they've tidied it up. It's it's bad for them in the sense that there's been, you know, sort of uh, six o'clock news footage of sort of heaped up mattresses and, you know, that kind of thing with, you know, associated with Labour who are trying to talk about substandard housing, those kinds of things. Um, but look, I, I think in reality they handled it well. Um, uh, I'm just going to... Uh pause here to acknowledge, as I should have done earlier, um, Life Direct, who are our sponsors, and you can see them on every, um, don't laugh at me, Madeline, Madeline Chapman is laughing at me, uh, on every spin of politics page, and you fill out your doodles on the thing on the right and get some life insurance and become a happier person. Um, do you also, th- do you think what that if you were thinking of smuggling methamphetamine into New Zealand, you might want to contact... Life Direct. That is such under a good mind. idea. Sage advice. <laughs> what is he yeah. talking about? Is he... I, was, I was trying to do a smooth segue into oh, yeah, segue into Is that? Can we cut that out? Just cut the whole no, thing. That was Let's fine. That was fine. But I haven't finished my little break yet. Oh, okay. oh sorry. Because I was gonna. I was gonna also sorry. say. I've just got this housekeeping. You know. Um, that because um, I never say this. That you can subscribe to us on I, iTunes and all the other things as well. Mm. And actually, I opened up iTunes, <coughs> which. Um, and there's some couple of comments there. We're actually doing all right in the ratings. Give us a nice rating. If you've listened this far, you can't hate it completely. Give us a nice rating. Um, it's got customer reviews. And one of them from someone called Ruscoli says, very disturbed, uh, very disturbed by Ben's near-rabid anti-Wellingtonianism. Get a grip, Ben. It's not as if you're <laughs> comparing it to Wanaka or somewhere nicer. You're in an Auckland traffic queue, for goodness sake. What, what do you have to say to Ruscoli? I am a public transport user and I take the train. I, I, I get places by circling them very slowly in decreasing concentric kind of radiuses. Um, and, and we're going to talk about Hornia now, thanks to Ben Segway, in a, in a moment. Because first I wanted to say, just in passing, just struck me, just as we were talking, that when the... We're, given Labour were a little bit... Um, hobbled by what happened in terms of their ability to, you know, obviously they 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 they, they put up a, a fair bit of oppositional power against Barclay, but I didn't see the Greens much anywhere, and maybe I wasn't looking in the right places, but but I mean, obviously Winston was loving it and making hay, and we'll maybe get on to him in a second too. But I sort of felt like Russell Norman would have been everywhere. He would have been in there finding a really good kind of a really strong principled line that he would have forged out. Um, it just seemed like a moment where you would have thought the Greens could leap in, and I didn't notice that they did. No, so you've got to be careful with these things in the sense that Andrew Little did did insert himself into the Barclay thing, I think on, was it Monday? And he, he said... Monday, if you Tuesday. Uh, t- maybe it was Tuesday. He yeah. said, he said if, if those tapes are out there we have to know what's on those tapes. And the whole point is like breach of privacy, right? We don't need to know what's on the tapes. Andrew, Andrew Little yeah. was sort of like a guy yeah. who had come in halfway through a movie screening and was like pretending he knew what was going on. And, it's a bit like, bit like this podcast a lot of yeah. the time, isn't it? And so I think you've, you know, you've got to be careful because the thing is the government was doing, I think from Saturday onwards, the government was doing a great job of impaling itself on this issue. You mean they were better left left alone? Is that what you're saying? So get so, out of the, some, get out of the way. And, sometimes and, that's the best tactic. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that, Annabelle? No, but maybe he would have like secured like solar panels for the Marae or something like that. <laughs> that's what he would have done. <laughs> Winston turned up with his mining helmet. Winston, meanwhile, has been sort of making hay though. He's been in there doing. You know, I mean, he he kind of went. 
you know, he was calling for Bill English's resignation in multiple occasions. Was it, was it Jane Clifton who said, how long until Winston says, I've heard the tapes. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, but he, you know, he's, 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 he's having, a, everything is falling into place for, for, for Winston Everything Peters. is coming up Winston. And he's been doing the regions hard and he's been promising GST rebates for the regions and all. I mean... Is he the unstoppable force of 2017, or is there a ceiling? Yeah, no, I, I, I think everything is just playing perfectly into, into his hands. And then, of course, we're going to get the big announcement, aren't we, this week? The yeah. Shane Jones announcement. Matua. Mm-hmm. Matua. Matua, Shane Jones, etc. Matua, Shane. Yep. Shane Jones, etc. Um, uh, yeah, well... I mean, that's not going to surprise anybody, really, is it? I mean, the only surprise would be if he, if he were to do it. Is it going to be Whangarei he's going to stand in? No idea. That, that seems to be the word. Uh, speaking of the North, Hone Harawera, Hone Duterte, this week, <laughs> was announcing that he was keen to execute people who, um, then Thomas knows, who import methamphetamine. Yes, he's the, that's his plan. As chi- Chinese drug dealers bringing methamphetamine into the country will face uh, the death penalty or life imprisonment. Was it strictly just the Chinese ones, or was it was it nationality neutral? Well, Hone Hon- Hon- took a bit of flack on social media for this, um, you know, sort of saying, "Oh, bigoted, bigoted." But it, I mean, the reality is that the va- you know all the methamphetamine coming into New Zealand is coming from China ultimately. Um, and, and it's coming in increasing numbers. You know, you'll see these press releases from customs sort of hailing how they've they, they stopped twice as much methamphetamine at the border as they did last year. And, of course, that means about three times as much as getting through as the previous year, you know, most likely. Um, really ramped up. I, I was speaking to Hone before um, The Nation, where he unveiled this, this bold policy. Mm. Um, and he was, he was talking about, uh, you know, the problems up north and just how prevalent it is... Um, and you know, I'm a, I'm a white middle class person in Auckland. I, I'm one of those two. Through, one of those two. There, there it is. It comments. is serious, though, isn't it? it yeah. is a, he is speaking to people who have experiences the, that are life crushing, right? P- p- people Absolutely. in people in law enforcement are saying that you know where they used to, you know, if they stopped somebody for a minor offence and searched them, they used to find a bit of weed. Now they're finding pee, and they're finding about and they're finding more pee than they were three years ago, you know, the amount that people are carrying around is increasing. Mm. Yeah. Um, as Ben said, people were outraged on, on Twitter, but this is not, um, you know, these sorts of statements from Hone aren't designed to appeal from people who buy vegan pies from Mamata Bakery and quinoa from <laughs> from um, Harvest Whole Food in West Lynn. These are for... Um, people in the north who are seeing the devastating effects of of pee, you know, their mukos faces getting punched in and brutalised and all the rest of it, all the awful, awful havoc that it's it's reaping up there. And so um, uh, while um, extreme and concerning, I understand, um, I also see what his strategy is in terms of making these sorts of statements, and it's to appeal to those types of people, mm. not to people who like sign petitions on Action Station. Uh, and it is, I mean, the Duterte comparison is, is 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 a serious one, I think, really, because Duterte won on a wave of popular support in the Philippines because of what 
people saw happening to their communities with, with drug taking. Right? Yeah. But at the same time... That's it's not going to be an issue important. here, though, is it? Because we've only got Hone standing that we know of so far. So it's not like he's going to sweep into power and take over Parliament and we're going to see people getting lined up and shot. This is just about him you trying to to activate his support base in the far north by making statements that are going to, for want of a better word, electrify them into action. And, does, and show he's serious. Yeah. Does he have a chance? Of winning back the north? Mm. Well, it was only 740-something votes last time, and with the deal with the Māori Party, it'll be interesting to see what happens, because I think, no doubt, Calvin has made some huge gains over the last three years. Um, you know, he's active, he's visible, he um, he's been an excellent opposition MP, but, um, but whether or not that deal that Hone has done with the Māori Party sees some votes swing back to Hone, I don't know. So it's definitely going to be one of the most interesting seats to watch in the election, I think. Yeah, on the numbers he should... On the numbers, he should do it if all the... Hone should do it. If the, if the Māori Party... But the Māori Party voters, could easy, voters could easily split, have, you know... I, I dare uh, say it, that we'll see some of them go to Winston... Uh, to, over to Winston, to, some of that Māori Party vote, some to Labour and some to Mana. It just depends on how it all... But it's anyone's for the taking, isn't it? 740 votes. Um, it's getting exciting, you know? Like, it's been a pretty amazing couple of weeks since we last gathered here. Um, and and we're going to keep trying to do these every fortnight if we can if we can manage it. Um, we we did this one. We scheduled it and we did it. Well done, mm. us. Yeah, well done, us. It's mm. impressive. Um, and and now that on that magnificent crescendo. No, wait, wait, wait. wait can wait. I just say one thing? Yes. Before we go, yep. I want to acknowledge the passing of Keith Slater, mm. um, co a friend and mentor of the Hui, a great newsman, a great investigative journalist, someone who passionately believed in the power of journalism and um, really sad that um, we farewell him today. Ora e te nuku, moi mai rai, Keith. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.